Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Bills Mafia, I'm shouting out to you. Hit me up. Rams. Ram fan. Ram it. Man, that sucked. That was not a good night. 1-800-636-8686. In fact, I would not ram it right now. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, do it. At Jim Rome. You can also email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. Just imagine my favorite consultant, Bruce Gilbert's probably like, hey, yo, dude. Yo, dude, you're going to get to your show. Yeah, probably should. Yo, Mafia. Holy bleep Buffalo. How you living? Don't answer. I already know. You're hungover. You're dragging ass to the office, yet you're loving every freaking second of it hell yes mafia we back baby we back that victory hangover is way better than the hollywood hangover or the super bowl hangover or whatever the hell was up with the rams last night seriously what the hell was up with the rams last night because buffalo rolled across the country and up in here as favorites in Rams house, a.k.a. the same house where L.A. lifted the Lombardi seven months ago and the Bills straight up curb stomp the champs. They freaking bleeped them up. I'm going to bleep them up. They bleeped them I'm up. I'm going to bleep them up. It's exactly what your preseason Super Bowl favorite is supposed to do. Bleep them up. I'm going to bleep them up. That's exactly how your preseason Super Bowl favorite is supposed to look. And as bad as that was, and it was miserable for the Rams, it still could have been so much worse. It could have been so much worse had the Bills not turned it over the way they did. That's got to be the scariest thing for everybody else in the NFL right now. As dominant as the Bills were, and as bad as they made the Rams look, Buffalo can still play so much better than they did. If I'm a Bills fan, I'm still drunk. If I'm Matthew Stafford, I'm still punch drunk because he did, in fact, revert to Matthew Gofford while getting the crap beat beat out of him last night. And it's not like you can say that we didn't see this coming. I said it myself on the program yesterday when I admitted I began this betting season with a whole new set of rules for myself, an entirely new discipline for myself that I would always bet with my head and that I would never bet with my emotions, that I would always cut my losses short, that I would have a certain unit rate and never change it, and that no matter how bad things got, I would never, ever chase. I would never chase to try to salvage a bad weekend. I had all these rules. I had a brand new system. And you know what? It all went right out the window even before kickoff. It went right out the window when I said that I would hit the Bills minus two and a half. I did. And then I said I would do it again before kickoff. And I did. Already wrecked my new system. But you know what? I'm happy that I did. So yes, I saw this coming and everybody else should have as well. You know why that is? Because Von Miller warned you all he told everybody exactly what was about to happen when buffalo stepped between the lines at sofi stadium last night he said it he told everybody and i quote brah f it burn it all bruh burn it all i'm telling you he did he told us he warned us 
And now that sparkling $5.5 billion edifice may as well be a smoldering ash heap this morning. And how about that Buffalo debut by Vaughn? The only thing more stupid than him joining the Rams midstream last season and leading them to a Super Bowl is him then jumping to the Bills and doing the same thing for them. Because that's how it looks. Speaking of stupid, anybody doubting whether or not this guy has enough left in the tank to do exactly what I just said is stupid. This dude's flying around, wrecking shop, and doing Von Miller things. Anyone doubting what he has left looks really stupid right about now. Because what he's got left is two sacks on opening night against the defending champs and lots of other pressure. And a ton of, brah, F it, burn it all, Bruh. energy. It. Burn it all. Vaughn looked awesome. Well, his play was awesome. Maybe saying he looked awesome is a bit of a reach. Yeah, you check that haircut. That did not look awesome. You catch that triangle on the back of his head. Uh, the hell is this? I mean, if anybody can get away with that, it's Von Miller. I just don't know that anybody can get away with that. The hell do you even ask the barber for? Hey, yo, barber guy. Geometry was always my favorite subject. Give me a, a hypotenuse triangle. Isosceles. Hey, come on, man. I had trouble with pre-algebra. I shouldn't be making math jokes. Hey, uh, can you cut a parallelogram into my head? Hey, you know what I need? You know what I need? Hey, Vaughn. It's prime time. Everybody's going to be watching. You want to do something different? Yeah, I do, actually. Cut a rhombus into my head. I think I'll walk off on that. Anyway, I mean, that arrow, maybe, maybe. Maybe he just wanted the arrow to point at that dude, which would be accurate because Vaughn is that dude. Except nobody got nicer last night than Josh bleeping Allen, who reminded everybody why he is the odds-on favorite to win the MVP this year. Big Head was blowing me up last night going, hey, hey, boss. Hey, boss, I'll bet you by halftime his odds are cut in half for the MVP. And I said, you know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. You know why? I think that he may have won the MVP last night. I think Josh Allen locked up the MVP award last night. He may have. This dude used that howitzer on his shoulder to launch not one but two fourth-quarter missiles from his own side of midfield. That turned this game from a beatdown to a full-on blowout. First, the 47-yard laser blast to Gabe Davis. Pocket to left. He's going to go deep. Looks downfield for Diggs at the 15. Makes the catch there. No, it's Gabe Davis who makes the catch there, and he is brought down finally at the five-yard line. Great throw, great catch. To whoever caught it. Whatever. Then it was a 53-yard bomb to Stephon Diggs, who was on this program recently, who is still an absolute stud. That ball was 55 yards in the air, and it turned Jalen Ramsey, who had a bad night, into burnt bleeping toast.
Gets a snap, pocket collapsing, gets out of pressure, runs to his right, throws it downfield, looking for Diggs. Diggs stops, and he makes the catch, and he's in the end zone! Touchdown, Buffalo, Stephon Diggs! Adjusted as the ball was hung up high by Josh Allen. He was under heavy pressure. Wow! Big night for Stephon Diggs. In fact, he abused Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey had himself a night. Ramsey had himself a night. A horrible night. But he owned it. He said, quote, we got our ass beat. Straight up. End of quote. Damn straight you did. Especially you, JR. I hate to say it about the future Hall of Famer. That's not just one bad night. That's not just a one-off. That is not the first time we've seen that happen to him. In fact, it's happened more than one time, and it's happening more and more. But then again, that'll happen when you go up against the likes of Stephon Diggs, and you've got a super freak under center, slinging things around the yard, punishing people with his feet, and delivering all-time stiff arms to unsuspecting DBs who get pushed right to the center of the earth. Looks to his right, pressured, drives forward, he's going to keep it and run with it, heads to the far sideline, he gets tracked down by the Rams, but he's got the first down, he goes out of bounds at about the 36-yard line. He threw a big old yeah. uh, haymaker of a stiff arm at the end of that run on Nick Scott, the free safety. No wonder Nick Scott came up angry. He took a shot in the face from the Bills quarterback. Angry because it was a bad look. I mean, my man went gronk on a spike, but did so with another human being. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Richard Sherman is my guest. Sherman, it's great to have you on the show. How are you, Richard? I'm doing fantastic, man. Happy to be on. Dude, I want to tell you how happy I am to have you on. Let me just say as a side note, when you played, you were one of those guys that I always wanted to chop it up with, but frankly, we're not the easiest guy to get to. We did so once at the Super Bowl. I had an absolute blast. So let me just say this. I am really happy you're here. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate that. I do remember that. I, we got on one time on the on, on your show, and that was fun, man. That was fun. All right, so let me get your thoughts. First of all, in terms of the opportunity with Prime Video, how are you approaching this? What are, What are your thoughts going into that new opportunity? I'm just going to have fun, man. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to try to try to be as educational and informative as I can be, try to give my perspective in the unique way that I have it. Um, I think – Playing the game um, as long as I did and the way I did, you know, gives me a, a unique vantage point. So that's where I'm going to try to speak from. I'm not going to try to speak with somebody else's voice or 
somebody else's points. I'm just going to try to have fun. That's it. Richard Sherman joining us. All right, so watching last night's game, I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway from Buffalo coming into the defending champs' house and curb stomping the Rams they, the way they did last night? Um, the, the takeaway was they won the game twice, um, which was crazy. Because they 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 were walking they were in control the entire time, but at at, at halftime it's still ten ten, you know, and it could have easily been twenty one zero, and they had they had unnecessary turnovers. You saw the interception, um, you know, where he threw the the slant route and the backer took it from the receiver, and then we had the back fumbling. Cook fumbled on his first carry, and you know it just was were unnecessary um, self inflicted mistakes that allowed the Rams to stay in the ball game, but the Rams defense, you know, made those plays. So got to give them credit. Uh, and then the Rams still, I mean, the, the Bills still walked away with the game. They still won by, by 21. And it was just incredible to see how freaking talented they were offensively and how diverse in, in the ways they used Josh Allen. They ran it with him. They passed it with him. I think they made a conscious decision in the first half, not to run him at all, just to make a point. I mean, he started the game 10 for 10, and then in the first drive of the second half, they had two design quarterback runs just to show, hey, we can do that too. And it was really a, a, a real, really cool display of, of all their, their firepower and talent and Ken Dorsey's play calling. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, Sherm, I think you're going to be just fine as an analyst. Richard Sherman is joining us right now. And hey, let me ask you from a Rams standpoint, Jalen Ramsey had a rough, rough game. Is that just one bad night for him, or is that becoming a trend? Like, what did you think and see watching him last night? It's been it, it's been a trend for, for the past, I don't know, uh, maybe six out of the last seven ball games, And um, I thought it was concerning last year. I thought it was concerning um, starting with, the 49ers game week 17, um, last drive of the game where Jimmy Garoppolo was able to drive the ball down the field for the game-tying touchdown. Um, and I was, it was concerning the way they were attacking Jalen Rams, you know, and, and he was undisputed the, the number one corner in football at the time. And it just seems at times like he has an immense talent and he can do everything you want to do. He can play in multiple positions, but he just gets uninterested in the game and it seems disinterested or lackadaisical or whatever the words you may use to describe it, but it leads to big plays. And, um, and that's what happened that game. It happened later on in the playoffs, you know, and it's well-documented. And then in this game, it just seemed like he was uninterested. Like he was, he was looking for something else and it wasn't there. And then his guy's running right by him and everybody's like, Oh, well, maybe he had help. Maybe he had this, maybe, no, or maybe he was just being lackadaisical on the play. And, and he could have made the play, and he didn't. Oh, I can't wait to get to this. Let me talk to you for a minute about the Conair Turbo Extreme Steam, Steam, and Iron 2-in-1. Or as I like to refer to it as the Conair Turbo Extreme Steam. I love this product so much. It is the most powerful handheld steamer I have ever seen. What that means is you get fast and easy wrinkle removal. Look, I want to look sharp. I want to look buttoned up. I hate wrinkles, but I no longer have to worry about that because of the extra large sole plate, which can be used in vertical or horizontal action. It also works without steam is a dry iron. I'm talking serious technology. Advanced heat technology is ready almost instantly, and it obliterates wrinkles with turbocharged dry steam. Four settings for delicate to turbo is perfect for all fabrics, 
and it kills 99.9% of bacteria, and it sanitizes around the house, and it refreshes clothing. It is easy to use. It is great for at home or on the go. To get yours today, go to Amazon and search Conair Turbo Extreme Steam and look for the Steam and Iron 2-in-1. I mean, Richard, what a fascinating thing to say. Like, what, what is that? We were talking about a guy who's a future Hall of Famer. We're talking about game one, defending a world championship in front of the entire world, primetime TV in his own house. How could that guy be lackadaisical or lose interest? If you had to guess, what do you think it is? I, I don't know. And, 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 I, and I, I was thinking about it a lot last night. Um, you know, maybe it was the rust from, you know, he didn't practice a lot in this training camp, you know, because he had shoulder injury and off-season surgery. So um, maybe he just was, wasn't, was you know, speed of the game was, was just getting on him a little quick and he just wasn't, you know, where he, where he needs to be in terms of um, getting his body and mind to see the game as fast as it. When you're coming back from an injury and you're not on the field enough and seeing enough plays and stuff kind of looks really fast out there and, until you get – accustomed to it and then it slows down and you're able to recognize things at the same time um then i, I then i thought thought maybe he's in a palms read which is the corner and the safety or reading the two receivers and if the number two receiver goes out within the first five yards then the corner triggers and the safety needs to get over the top of one um but there was no reason for him to be watching two because he got rerouted and once he gets rerouted he, he the reads over anyway and so it really just came down to him, you know, not, not being focused on the play. The other touchdown I can see, you know, the receiver literally engages um, the, the, the lineman at the, end of, at the end of the line scrimmage. And so when you get that read as a corner of the receiver literally blocking, you got to trigger. It's crack replace. You replace him um, in, in, the, in the game, in the, in the run game. And so that one I can understand. But the other one, man, is just really unexcusable. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time, you know, justifying. Richard Sherman is joining us. A few more moments with him. You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me ask you about him. Like, keeping him around, and especially at a reduced salary, is make, I mean, that makes great sense for the team overall, right? He's a great insurance policy for the Niners. But what does keeping him do to that quarterback room and the overall dynamic in the locker room? Could that ultimately be problematic? No, no. I think it, it, it does exactly what it does for the Niners, for the locker room. You know, it gives them more peace, uh, more presence. It helps It helps Trey Lance. Um, you would have had a very young quarterback room where certain problems would have came up, certain coverages, certain tidbits that nobody in that room has ever experienced or dealt with. And so you're sitting there like, hey, nobody has the answers to this question, when now Jimmy G has been in those situations. He has those answers. He has the tips. He has the things you need to be looking for to, to diagnose this coverage or to, to win on this play or to get this ball in there. And I think that will be that kind of experience and that kind of leadership is invaluable. Um, and I think he'll ben- Trey Lance will benefit from it. And the Niners, if anything, can, can be more free with Trey Lance. You know, I think Kyle will run him a little bit more and, and, be, more, and, and be more happy to, to, to involve him in the run-in-pass game, knowing that, hey, if something catastrophic happens, he has a quarterback he knows can get him to the Super Bowl right behind him. All right, so you're going to make your debut with the entire TNF crew on Prime Video next Thursday. Chargers-Chiefs, really good matchup. The AFC West is absolutely fierce. It's loaded. If I had to, I could probably make an argument for any team in that division to win the division. What are your early thoughts on that matchup, Chargers v. Chiefs, Thursday night? Man, I think it's going to be incredible. I, I, you know, obviously, during the 
preseason, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy wanted to show everybody that not having the cheetah wasn't going to change the way they called the ball game, and they were, they still looked incredible. Uh, Patrick Mahomes looked incredible. Uh, the offense moved the ball at will. They they looked like the Kansas City Chiefs have looked in the, for the last four or five years. Um, I think the Chargers are going to be very interesting. I have I have Justin Herbert up for the MVP this year um, with Josh Allen. I think he's going to have an incredible season. I think that their defense, the pieces that they got to, to, to solidify the run game um, defensively, J.C. Jackson in the secondary, um, Khalil Mack um, adding him to Joey Bosa's lineup, I think they're going to be formidable, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup really. Richard, one last thought. You know Russell Wilson as well as anybody. You know how this guy thinks. You know what makes this guy tick. I'm curious, what do you think is going through his mind as he returns to deal with the Seahawks and the 12s in his first game in a Bronco uniform? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that one as well. You know, you're talking about the team that knows him best, um, the coaches that know him best and know his tendencies and what he likes to do and what he doesn't like to do, the best ways to defend him. Um, and, and him dealing with a new new offense. Um, I think he's, he's dealing with a new offense, a new old line, a new coordinator, a new head coach, and they have to learn him as well. And this is going to be their first game. So I think if, if the Seahawks had any chance of beating these guys, it'd be this game um, with, with all these unknowns. You know, I think the Seahawks, um, you know, people for, for what they say about Geno, Geno knows um, Shane Waldron's system and he'll be able to execute it. Uh, he has two Pro Bowl receivers. He has a good run game. Penny was had 150 yards in five of the last six ball games for Seattle. So I think they'll lean on that run game. Um, and if they can, and if they can run the ball effectively and shorten the game, Seahawks can can still win. Last thought: Have you seen any slippage at all in Russ Richard? For instance, he said, "Hey, they, they tried to trade me earlier before this all went down." Looking at him and where he's at, do you notice any slippage at all in his game and what he does? Ah, uh, slippage—that's a funny word, <laughs> Jim. Slippage. Give me a bang. Um, You're a Stanford man, dude. Give me a better word. <laughs> do I do I see any regression? Um, that's better. In his play. Um, no, I, 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 not really, because he he's always been the kind of fourth quarter, going to make a few plays, I'm going to take the top off the defense throughout the game, but I'm not going to be patient in the intermediate. He's not going to play the intermediate game very often. He's not going to live there. He's not going to be like Tom and just, hey, I'm going to take what the defense gives me all day until until it's over. Um, he, he needs to take shots. So was ready to, 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 to enter rebuild mode. You know, they had gotten – I think Earl was gone. I was gone. Cam was gone. Um, Cliff Averill was gone. Mike Bennett was 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 gone. Um, most of the foundational pieces that allowed um, the team to be really competitive were, were were leaving, and you know that would have been the perfect time for them to to start a rebuild and start to a new chapter of their their program. So it makes sense for them to to look into Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and look for trading for the number one pick and all that. Um, Made sense to me. My man, you sound great. You can catch Richard Sherman on, and the entire TNF crew on Prime Video next Thursday. That's September 15th. It's the official debut of Thursday Night Football with the Chargers and the Chiefs. Again, coverage gets underway at 7 p.m. Eastern local time with TNF tonight. Richard, really, really appreciate you and that conversation, man. That was an absolute blast. Thanks so much, and I hope we can do it again soon. We will. We definitely will. We will and we won't have as much time in between this time. So I've got kind of a personal question for you, fellas. Do you feel like you're antiperspirant 
keeps you dry all day. Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. Big number, right? 48 hours. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick, and it's easy to use, especially when you're on the move. On top of that, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. Thus, it leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect your skin. What I'm saying to you is this is a great product that does a lot of things really well. So make sure you try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel, all day. Drives forward, he's going to keep it and run with it. Heads to the far sideline. He gets tracked down by the Rams, but he's got the first down. He goes out of bounds at about the 36-yard line. He threw a big old yeah. uh, haymaker of a stiff arm at the end of that run on Nick Scott, the free safety. No wonder Nick Scott came up angry. He took a shot in the face from the Bills quarterback. You think that fires up? the Bills very much? You think that fires up the guys blocking in front of him very much? You think that fires up the defense very much? That was unbelievable. That was some Derrick Henry stuff right there. But from the quarterback, on a third and seven in a tie game, somebody should confirm that SoFi is still standing or at least check the field for divots and dents or craters because Josh just put that dude Nick's got right in the ground. So it may have been close for a half, but then the beatdown was on. I mean, Buffalo didn't even punt, never even punted. So F the Bills punter drama. They don't need a punter. Again, zero punts on opening night against the defending world champs in their house. The same house where they just won it all, which is about the biggest statement you could make in week one. Again, traveling across the country for that. Little banner ceremony, prime time, everybody hyped, everybody watching, and then they put on a show like that. Seven sacks. Seven sacks and essentially no blitzes. They basically terrorized Matthew Gofford all night long. And they did so by rushing four guys. Like, we all knew that replacing big wit up front was going to be a nightmare. But I don't think anybody knew how horrifying that nightmare was going to be to watch. We knew it would be bad, but it was so much worse than expected. I mean, Gofford regressed. We could talk like Richard Sherman's point. Slippage. It's kind of an interesting word. But what about regression? He regressed all right. Now, even last year, Stafford, who put up big numbers, threw a lot of interceptions. But he was almost essentially, exclusively, effectively, completely goffered last night. Very little Stafford and a whole lot of goffered. And defensively, they just could not make a single play, the Rams. They could not get off the field. Buffalo converted 9 of 10 third downs. 9 of 10 third downs. Sean McVay called the beatdown humbling. Hell yes, that was humbling, Sean. Like, I had nothing to do with it, and I'm humbled. I had nothing to do with it other than I live in the same city that you live and work in, and I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for me, and I had nothing to do with it. 
I'm embarrassed for you. I'm embarrassed for anybody that had anything to do with their faces getting broken at home with the entire country watching. Hell yes, that was humbling. Humbled. (laughs) Humbled. I had nothing to do with it, and I didn't want to come to work. Like, I wanted to stay in bed under the covers and hide my face, and I had nothing to do with it. I didn't want to show my face after that humiliation. But then there's the real MVP, right? The real MVP was not Josh Allen. The real MVP was not Von Miller. The real MVP was the bleeping mafia. Bills fans not only made the trip. I mean, you talk about traveling well. They not only made the trip all the way across the country to deal with some of the most unprecedented and miserable heat we've ever had here in SoCal. They were a loud and gigantic pain in the ass last night to the Rams. And I say that with the most love and respect imaginable. Because the mafia turned out and forced the Rams to once again go silent count in their own building. You want to talk about humiliating. The defending Super Bowl champs had to go silent count in their $5.5 billion building. Again. The same building where they hung a banner earlier in the night. It's incredible. Like, I so badly want to defend my hometown when people say, yeah, L.A. is the worst sports town in the world. And I'm always quick to say, we're not a bad sports town. We're not a good sports town. But we're not a bad sports town. But what we are really is a front-running sports town. But there's no getting around the defending Super Bowl champs having to go to the silent count in the nicest building in the world. Man, that is embarrassing. Or an amazing thing for the mafia. There is no preparing for the mafia. You can't stimulate the mafia in practice. There's no way to get ready for them. Hey, mafia, you legends... You take care of yourselves, you make sure you rest, you make sure you recover, you make sure you get your fluids, you get your IVs. I don't need to tell you what to do, you know. This is a lifestyle for y'all. Pop your ibuprofen. Ibuprofen. Nurse the hangover, enjoy that hangover, because that is the sweet, sweet feel of 1-0, and a damn good 1-0. A 1-0 where you send a message to the entire planet. Man, I'm all about the mafia. I love the mafia. Every last one of you. Well, except for one member of the mafia, this freaking guy. Against my Buffalo Bills, well, you know who I'm cheering for. Should be a great game. Well, what a treat for football fans all around. Go Bills! That's all I'm saying. Bills, lock them. Take care. Enjoy the game. That, of course, is Oge. If you're not watching on TV but listening instead on radio, he goes, "You know who I'm cheering for? No, who Oge?" The manufacturers of Sam Bowie knives? Come on, man. I mean, he he seemed like he was having a good old time. He had a great time. But how was anybody around him supposed to enjoy that game? One eye on the field. One eye on a deranged double murderer. 
If there's one negative with the Bills, potential run, inevitable run to the Super Bowl, it's that the bandwagoner who offed a couple of people is going to be there all season long, riding up front with them. I mean, I don't even know how to say this, but instead of the queen, couldn't the reaper have taken the oge? Did you know a fire department responds to a fire every 23 seconds? October is fire prevention month, so never too soon to think about that because it's right around the corner and we have teamed up with First Alert, the most trusted brand in fire safety to help protect your whole home with safety that you can trust. Smoke and carbon monoxide alarms help provide an early warning in the event of a home emergency. And having enough First Alert smoke and carbon monoxide alarms is one of the very best things that you can do for your home and your family. Install alarms on every single level and in every bedroom of your home. And then once they are installed, it is really important to maintain them by testing them with regularity. Also, remember the alarms do not last forever and they do need to be replaced at least every 10 years. If you can't remember the last time you replaced your alarm, it is best to replace the unit completely. And for a replacement option by far, my favorite is First Alert's 10-year sealed battery alarms. 10-year sealed battery alarms are convenient and they eliminate the need for battery replacements for an entire decade. For more information on fire safety products, safety tips, and educational activities that you can do at your home with your family, go to firstalert.com slash fire prevention month. Jacob in Louisville. Jacob, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing good, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller, and I'm hoping I can match the juice of some of your great callers here. Nice. Hit me. But, uh, one of the things I got for you here is that I don't. One of the beef slash some of the smack I want to talk here is that some of these clones slash dirtbags that have the audacity to say anything bad about Nate like they would say it to his face, let alone they wouldn't even say it to your face if you were in front of them, Jim. These dudes have never even stood up to their big sister, let alone a guy like Nate Diaz. And it, they want to they question if the man knows one plus one. He definitely knows one plus one. It's his right hook to your chin and you laying on the ground from that point forward. Much longer than two seconds. I'm from the Ville, man. Muhammad Ali is from this town. We know hands here. Nate's got hands. He's got hands all day for you. These dudes with buff thumbs, they, they want to talk up out of their weight class, but they ain't willing to fight, uh, fight out of their weight class. They needed a friend like Nate Diaz back in the day to save their butts when they didn't have one. I'm out. Yo, my man, Jacob, rock him. I like that. You got that? Are you jerks with your buff thumbs? Cliff Averill is my guest. Cliff, it is so good to have you back. How are you? Oh, man, I am well. I am well. Football's back. Of course, we, we're all happy right now. How are you doing? I was going to say the same thing, Cliff. We are all happy right now because football <laughs> is back. Hey, listen, before we get into the coming season, the Seahawks, and I actually want to talk more about your career, I talked to Richard Sherman earlier. I want to get your thoughts. What were your biggest takeaways from the statement that Buffalo made last night into coming into L.A. and doing the Rams the way they did them in their house in front of the entire world? Well, I think, um, well, we already knew Buffalo had a good team, right? You had Von Miller, of course, uh, Allen and, and Diggs and all those guys. They're, I mean, they're, those are elite players. And we've been seeing them transcend upwards, um, you know, for, for the last couple of years. They also play in one of the hardest divisions. Um, but I'm not surprised at how they played. 
I'm a little bit of surprise about L.A. and, and Matt Stafford. You know, he, he's a good friend of mine, played with him in Detroit for a few years. I'm surprised on, on how they look collectively. Maybe it's a Super Bowl hangover. Who knows? But I think um, I, I'm definitely not surprised in how, how Buffalo came out. You know, that first half was a little, you know, it was tied up or whatever, and then you go into that second half, and, and Buffalo showed that they can, they can hit you in so many different ways with Josh Allen and, and, and how elite he is. I think it's 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 gonna be fun watching him get down over these next you know ten years and seeing him grow and and, and dominate the league. Cliff Averill joining us. I mean, he he is something else, dude. He just I mean, what a specimen. Have you ever seen a quarterback drop a stiff arm on a guy in a situation <laughs> like that last night? What did you think when you saw that? You know, I almost tweeted something crazy because uh, as a defensive lineman, like you cannot walk back into the, the locker room. After, if a quarterback stiff arms you, like you'll never live that down the rest of your career, right? Maybe DBs are a little bit different or whatever, but defensive line linebackers, I wish a QB would ever do me dirty like that, you know. But um, he's a different beast, and and the closest person that I would say from a running perspective that I know that I've played against that's close to him is Cam Newton, right? Cam was big, you know, fast. And he would try you from time to time, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't stiff arm you like Josh Allen would. You know what I mean? He he just run out of bounds. So just seeing Josh Allen being able to throw that rock the way he's able to throw it, and also run through guys, uh, pretty impressive. I, I love the way you laid that out, Cliff Averill joining us. You mentioned Matt Stafford is a good friend of yours. I'm curious. So you know him. You know him. You know what he's about. Watching him last night, did he look to you like a dude who can still consistently push the ball down the field, or? Maybe not. Or do we not know because the guys in front of him didn't do him any favors? Well, first and foremost, guys, this is for everybody. It's just week one. Right? It's just week one. We still got 16 more weeks of, of football. And on top of that, you know, a lot of these guys didn't play in preseason. Now, I, I don't like giving excuses to guys because you are a professional. But football is one of those sports that you can't just sit on the sideline and then just come out there and just be on top of your game like you were the year before. Like, you actually have to practice. You actually have to get game reps. So, so that being said, staff didn't necessarily look like himself, but staff is one of the – I guarantee you – his season will end on top. He will be one of the top quarterbacks because he can throw the mess up that rock. Like, I've seen it firsthand his first four years in the league. We've seen it last year. Yes, he'll throw interceptions from time to time. But it's one of those things, like, it's, it's like Russell Wilson, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in a sense. Like, you got to take the good with the bad, right? He He's elite. He makes the, these crazy throws. He can get it. To, he can put it on a, on, on a line. But in the, same, in the same breath, too, he might throw you a couple of interceptions. Like, you have to take the good with the bad with someone like Stafford. But there will be more good than bad in my, from, from, from just from his resume. You've seen the numbers that he's able to put up, and I think he'll stay on track with that. Cliff Averill joining us. All right, Cliff, you mentioned Russ. So, I guess it's neither here nor there because he's gone. But I'm kind of curious, like, do you think that the organization made a decision, like, it's time to move on, we have to get ready for the future, or did Russ want out? Like, how did that play out? I think from my perspective, I think um, it was a little bit of, of, of both, right? Uh, you look at Russ as an elite quarterback, because I, I still think he's an elite quarterback. I still think he's top five quarterback. I think, uh, you know, if, if, if I had to pick a quarterback out there in the fourth quarter, I'm going with Russell Wilson over probably any other quarterback, right? Um, I think the, the, the big thing with Russ that I don't think most other elite quarterbacks have to deal with is trade talks every offseason. 
right? I, I feel like for the last three or four years, every year we're hearing, oh, man, they're thinking about trading Russ. Oh, man, you know, they're, they're inquiring about other um, – like, you don't hear that about Patrick Mahomes. You don't hear that about other quarterbacks. So I can see that being frustrating, being an elite quarterback like himself. And every offseason I got to hear about people talking about me leaving the Seahawks. So he probably just got fed up with it and um, he decided to, 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 to move on. Or he decided to, to, to kind of put it, draw, draw a line in the sand, right, and say, hey, either y'all want me here or you don't. And boom, I guess that, that was the conclusion, that he ended up being with the Broncos. But I, I feel like that is more so the issue from his perspective. And, and I can understand that because, again, being in the league, playing in the league for 10 years, I've never heard people talk about Matt Stafford like that. I've never heard people talk about, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes or any of these guys. When it down year or not, you're never hearing, oh, let's trade him. So I can see why that can be an issue for him. Uh, as an elite quarterback and being who he is. I was going to say exactly. As an elite player, I get that. I know what you're saying. Cliff Averill is joining us. So that being said, Cliff, what about the way the team is going about this? Do you like the way they handle their situation? In other words, all right, we like who we have. We're going to go forward with who we have in our quarterback room. Or do you think they should have taken a shot at Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think I think this is all a part of the, the game plan of, of rebuilding. Yep. You know, if if you rebuild, because um, you you got to think about it, Coach Carroll, John Snyder, those guys, they 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 haven't necessarily brought in free agents through the years. Outside of myself and Michael Bennett, no one else really. I mean, they obviously they got Jamal Adams uh, a couple of years ago, but they don't really bring in too many free agents uh, at at pivotal positions, right? Um, you know, so they, they drafted Russell Wilson, uh, and they drafted him in the third round. Do they? I don't know if they thought he was going to be who he was, who we ended up being, but they drafted him, and they brought him in. He was homegrown. So I, I think that's more of what they want to do, is they want to be able to bring in whoever they have in, in, in the, uh, the building so far. But also, you know, they're looking at the future, too, like some of these future um, uh, the guys coming out of college and different things like that. So I don't think they wanted to go after someone that already had um, – I guess a presence in the league. They wanted to be able to home grow some guys and, and, and be able to to make it work with what they have. All right, so Cliff, you mentioned that they brought you in and they did. So you won a ring with Seattle. You had a great run there, but you started in Detroit. I love the vibes coming out of the D and I love that they mm. open up against Philadelphia. It's another roster I love. What are your thoughts about that matchup and the Lions overall? You know, it's funny. Uh, Campbell, Coach Campbell, uh, it's crazy to call him Coach Campbell because he was actually my teammate my, my, my rookie year. And so now to see him being the, the, the head coach for the Lions is awesome. And that same energy that he has as a head coach is how he was as a, as a, a, a player, too. And, and I think players, I think there's a new wave of, of coaches, right? We're, we're seeing the younger coaches. But also, you know, being able to get a, a, an ex-player as a head coach, I think players get behind that a little bit more because they understand what the players are going through and players respect that. So, so I love where the Lions can potentially go with, with Coach Campbell and, 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 and their roster that he's building up. And that matchup, I also feel like, you know, they got a good chance to go out there and, and present themselves in a different light. You know, we've seen them on hard knocks. Now, now they got to go out there and execute. And I think they can be – a better team than they were 
you know, over this last decade to be <laughs> to be exact. But overall, I think they have the potential to to make a run this season with the talent that they have, but mostly because of the the, the coaches that are on staff. Cliff Averill bringing the heat and the energy. Cliff, I mentioned I talked to Richard Sherman earlier in the program. I got to ask, what was it like to be a part of that amazing defense? A defense <laughs> with so many big hitters and big personalities. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was, um, you know, it, it was because you, you, you know, in particular for myself, like I played for the Lions. I went 0-16. I only had one winning season while I was there. And then you get thrown into a locker room with, with individuals like Marshawn Lynch, Michael Bennett, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman. I mean, the list is long of different personalities, Russell Wilson. But, like, everybody was still kind of figuring out who they were. Right. Everybody was still on the verge of becoming these elite athletes and, and, and elite football players. But the one thing about that team in particular that was different from anything I've ever experienced was we all respected one another and we all understood that we needed that person next to us and behind us to have the success that we had. Like Richard Sherman will be the first to tell you, like, hey, like Cliff, I, I, I appreciated you on that pass rush. Like I seen you. They might not say anything to you, but I seen you. That's how I was able to get that, that pick. Or, you know, I'll, I'll talk to Richard and be like, hey, man, I, I just need a split second longer, bro. Just give me a split second longer, and I promise you I'm going to get on the quarterback's head, right? So, like, we all understood each other's role, and we understood that we needed one another to have the success that we had. Uh, that had. And, and that's an anomaly in, in the professional world. You know, all of us still hang out to this day. We're all really good friends. We were friends outside of football and not just coworkers. And that's what allowed us to be so elite for so long. Cliff, what is that? That's amazing. Like, it seems to me like if, if you do what you guys did, if you're in the NFL, that's an experience that it would never translate to anything else. Only guys who did it, who were in the trenches together, who sacrificed their bodies, their minds, everything mm-hmm. can relate. So I can imagine where those bonds would extend. But are you telling me that it's even different with this group than it would be in any other NFL situation, that this group was different? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Like I said, you know, there was a birthday party. Uh, one of our kids was having a birthday party. And, you know, uh, it might usually, you know, maybe it's just the D-line that shows up. The entire defense might show up to this birthday party, right? Uh, you know, if, if there's a function or a foundation dinner of some sort, like I have my own foundation dinner, like the whole defense, the whole all, like the whole team might show up. And, again, that's different from the standpoint of, it's just like any other corporate job or any other job, right? Once you leave the office, once you leave that workspace, you go home and you go hang out with your family, you might not talk to any of your coworkers. It was different from that perspective because all of us got along. All of us, we would go on vacations together. We would do different things together to, to keep that camaraderie, and it just played out on the football field in the same way. Speaking of your foundation, the ninth annual Dining to Make a Difference is slated for Monday, September 26th at the club at Newcastle just outside of Seattle. That is the ninth time you're doing that, Cliff. So I think between now and then, you and I will talk again. So great to have you back on the show. Thank you very much. Always appreciate the conversation, Cliff. No, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure, and you keep doing your thing, my man. I appreciate it. Hey now, what's going on? Welcome to the program. I am Jim Rome. How about that Decca yeah on a Tuesday, Alvin? Why not? From where I'm sitting, I thought that was a pretty incredible first full weekend. Unless you're Bayou, Brian, Kelly, or really anybody at all associated with the LSU family. Family! Yeah! Fair catches. We love to get it! 
Love. PK's disaster on Love. the Delta. They didn't just lose this Love. game. They blew that game. We can't play any worse than you that. You can even say they muffed this game. Muffed. Classic Brian Kelly. This guy bailed on the University of Cincinnati. He bailed on Notre Dame. He's not going to be around long enough to bail on the LSU. You can't spell LSU without the L. Good one, kid. James Franklin is my guest. What are your early thoughts on the Bobcats and your matchup with them? It's going to be a challenge. 12 o'clock kick game here, which we love, because hopefully you go out and do what you need to do, and then you still get some family time. The family. family. James Franklin. Drill deep to left field. There it goes! I mean, as much as I would love to see the Yankees finish off this colossal tank job, this monster is not letting it happen. Bomb! Dave Stewart. Yo, I best not see anybody getting nice in the stadium the day you get your number retired. Hey, man, I guess the game that day wasn't a good game, so they wanted to do something to spice it up. This late-arriving uh, media crowd that uh, must have enjoyed the weekend. He's not funny at all. In fact, Brian Kelly is so unfunny, it always backfires in the worst possible way. I said, what time do you want me to leave? What door do you want me to out of, brother? <laughs> there he is in all of his glory, polishing up the plastic tower of beef. Look at him in super slow-mo. Can I get a reverse angle of that? Time to beef. Hit me up. Dude, you've never seen a parakeet. At a home improvement store. Romy, my beef is with Brian Weber with two Bs. When in the history of man has Weber ever been spelt with one B? I got a beef with the FNG at the office. This guy yells out from the cubicle next to me. Fuck! The Fox Big Noon kickoff or bringing Irvin Liar to Austin. Hate the term thirsty. It makes no sense. Whatever happened to good old-fashioned luck? My beef is with you calling me the diarrhea tweeter. Billy Horschel is joining us. What was your message to those live players who have shown up? They shouldn't be here. I thought what the PGA Tour has been doing and other organizations, they've been doing a great job of growing the game of golf before this tour came along. Brah. Bruh. I'll tell you what, that's my new mark. Get in, get a ring, get out, be a legend. Thanks for coming. And if that is his plan, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Burn it all. Hey, Jimmy, I hear the clones are calling. The smack off to runs away. Oh, my. You got your wrists, you know, and what are your wrists on the bottom half? Ankles. Oh, hell yes. Is that Jameis Winston or is that neurosurgeon Dr. Myron Roll? That boy's waking smart. knees, right? Dude, are you really going to another bachelor party? Yes, sir. It is my brother's bachelor party or me and Jim Diesel playing 21 in Vegas all weekend. So get your crap together, SoCal, and figure out a way to extract the oil from Justin Herbert's face so you can run a biodiesel generator this week. Get Jeremy in Green Bay a drug test. Drug Coffee and cocaine. Jeremy in Greenies Bay. Nate Diaz. What if you jack the whole thing up? What if you go in there and you finish this guy? Well, it'll be extremely funny. <laughs> you hear the criticism and all the talk from everybody and what's going to happen, but this guy was, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. What, what happens? What was the question? What happens if you screw up the whole thing by winning? That's going to be funny. <laughs> Some clown named Mike Lombardi. The vitriol. The venom. How do you like me now? I mean, that's incredible. The man who went for it on fourth and down. The man who went for it on fourth and down. Yesterday, you whacked on Ray and S.A. like Nadal whacked his own beak. I mean, that was crazy, yeah. All right, Manny, thank you very much. What an opening game. He goes, you know who I'm cheering for. You know who, Oge? The manufacturers of Sam Bowie knives. Instead of the queen, couldn't the reaper have taken the Oge? Richard Sherman is my guest. Have you seen any slippage in Russ? Ah, oh, 
slippage. <laughs> That's a funny word, Jim. <laughs> slippage. You're a Stanford man, dude. Give me a better word. Regression. Haymaker of a stiff arm Cliff at the end. Cliff Averill is my guest. As a defensive lineman, you cannot walk back into the, the locker room if a quarterback stiff arms you. Like, you'll never live that down. Not my words. I would never say something that cheesy. I have never seen that much muff. Good night, jungle. You all got to get hip and get some drip. And I just appreciate you having me on. Truly take in how physically imposing I am. Blocked! Blocked! Jim, appreciate you, buddy. Have a great day. Anytime. I mean it, Jim. Anytime you call, I'm here. Milk mustaches. Goodbye. Don't call. Come out to play. These dudes with buff thumbs. Emmanuel. Purpori. We definitely will. And we won't have as much time in between this time. Jim Rome's big head bets. Scrambling a little bit, but I'm feeling great. Good night now! Good night now!